need some Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, apostolics to give God a praise tonight. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with. Whoa! I'm sorry, you gotta excuse me for a moment. God's been too good to me tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated if you can tonight. Tell your neighbor on the way to your seat, welcome to Tuesday night at the Rock. Woo! Anybody grateful for what God's been doing around here already this week? Come on, I said, is there anybody thankful uh, for what God's been doing around this house already this week? My, 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 if you were not here this weekend, we had a Holy Ghost party in this house. How many of you were blessed by the move of God in this place Sunday morning and Sunday night? What a powerful move of the Holy Ghost Sunday morning, Brother Kobe was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of his sins, having received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Brother Keith was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of his sins. He already had the Holy Ghost, but he came out of the water speaking in tongues anyway. Then Sunday night, we baptized Brother Eli Dominguez in Jesus' name, having received the Holy Ghost. I think on Sunday morning, he received the Holy Ghost. And so we baptized him Sunday. And his sidekick sitting next to him tonight, Brother Cedric, was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost on Sunday night. Let's give God a praise for that tonight. Amen, amen. God's doing amazing things. It's so good to see Brother Shelby back in the house of the Lord tonight. Oh, yeah. Love this young man. Recently received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name not too long ago. And uh, I'm just so excited to see him in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. To all of the rest of our guests and visitors that are here in the house of the Lord, we are so honored that you came on a Tuesday night to worship with us. Would you help me put your hands together one more time, church, and make some Holy Ghost crazy noise for all of our guests that are here tonight. What a privilege and an honor it is to have you in the house of the Lord. To everybody streaming online with us tonight, welcome to Tuesday night at The Rock. We're grateful that you have the opportunity to join us, and uh, we're so excited about what the Lord is doing in this house. Amen. It is so good tonight to have an awesome young man with us all the way from Buford, Georgia. It is wonderful to have Brother Clark with us in the building. Brother Clark Copeland. And Brother Clark Copeland is part of an amazing apostolic family that I have loved and admired for many, many years. And uh, his mama and his daddy are just incredible pillars of the apostolic movement, some of the greatest Christians that I know. And uh, 
we love Brother Clark Copeland. Grateful for this young man and the hand of God that's upon him. He jumped on an airplane just to come hang out for a few days. But I want him to come and just greet this congregation tonight. Would you help me put your hands together and thank God for incredible young apostolic men of God tonight. Praise the Lord, everybody. Feels so good in the house of the Lord tonight. Um, I love the Williams. So grateful to be here with them. Been friends with their boys for, for several years now. I've been wanting to come to this church for a really long time. There's not many churches that I just have wanted to visit, but uh, I've been seeing you guys on Instagram and everything for years, and I've always wanted to come, and I have not been let down at all. And I'm very excited about the Word of God um, that's going to be brought forth here tonight. I was thinking today um, about expectation and just how important it can be. And I was thinking, you know, if there's somebody here tonight, if you came expecting just another ordinary service for you, it will probably be just another ordinary service. If you came expecting God to not move in your situation and to not make a way when there was no way, then God probably will not move and he will probably not make a way where there was no way. But I came here tonight expecting a move of the Holy Ghost. I came expecting to see somebody filled with the Holy Ghost for the very first time. I came to see miracles. I came to see signs. And I came to see wonders. If you came expecting a move of God, I want you to clap your hands and lift your voice right now. We love you, Jesus. Come on, if you're expecting great things tonight, somebody give God a praise in this house. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. Appreciate this young man. Love him, and he has such an amazing spirit, and uh, we, we appreciate him. And, of course, this church has been blessed abundantly this weekend by the ministry of Pastor Wesley Jackson and the anointed presence of his entire family that was with us this weekend. Pastor Jackson is not a stranger uh, to this house. He has personally been a friend of mine for quite some time. And it is just the providence of God that connected us. And from the very first time that we connected until now, there has just been a, a divine relationship between he and I. And... Um, I'm so thankful for him, what he stands for, who he is. And we're just so honored that they're with us. He blessed this church with his presence, I think it was, at our one-year pastoral anniversary, if I'm not mistaken, maybe just a little over six years ago. And uh, he was with us, I think, maybe for a weekend. And uh, here we are, six years later hundreds of souls later and miracle upon miracle upon miracle upon miracle later and we're just honored that he's here it is a double honor to have his precious wife sister jackson with us in the house of the lord love this amazing lady i have been eyewitness to the incredible integrity of this great, great woman of God. And um, they say that standing next to every great man is a great woman. And in this case, even more so, because Lord only knows. <laughs> 
I'm just playing, but we are so thankful for her presence here and their beautiful family and their children, all of the Jackson Five that's in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Love and appreciate them. And again, so good to have Sister Calhoun with us from Texarkana, Texas. Good to have Brother Keith with us all the way from Little Rock, Arkansas. Man, we just have a little camp meeting going on here. They're here from Little Rock and Texas and Georgia tonight. And uh, I know one thing, I'm grateful for the presence of the Lord that I feel in this house tonight. How about you? Would you stand to your feet all over this sanctuary tonight? Pastor Jackson, we are ready to obey the Holy Ghost tonight. If the Holy Ghost wants us to get on our face and repent, we're ready. If the Holy Ghost wants us to pull out our pen and paper and take real good notes while you teach, we're ready. If the Holy Ghost wants us to put a new exit door in the walls and swing from the light fixtures, we're ready tonight. Amen? Would you put your hands together one more time and give God a great praise in this house as Pastor Jackson comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody else. Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't everything that hath breath just give him some praise right now? Oh, uh, yeah. You may be seated in the rich, wonderful presence of the Lord. I would sing tonight, but I don't want to embarrass Brother Williams and all of his efforts and trying. I just preach. I am, I'm honored, I really am honored to be at the Rock Church in Fort Myers and see all that God is doing. And I truly feel tonight, along with uh, Brother Clark, my children, they, they keep up with uh, social media and different people that have a strong social media presence such as you all and uh, they were determined to come to Fort Myers to check you out <laughs> and, uh, I was happy that they wanted to come check you out because I knew that you didn't portray one thing on social media and then disappoint people when they show up in real time. I knew that. But they've been a lot of places where that is not the testimony. But Sunday morning after service, I asked my children, I said, well, what do you think? And they gave you the greatest compliment that you could receive. They said, it's better than what they show on social media. And so I, I salute you tonight. I kind of feel like the Queen of Sheba. She come to check out Solomon and the kingdom. And they asked her, what do you think? And she said, I've heard a lot, but the half has not yet been told. And she said a few more things, and then this, this is what is so neat and, and just such a testimony to you to 
because you fit right in here. She said, I, I saw the tabernacle. It was beautiful. She said, I experienced all that was going on. It was amazing. She said, but you know what really caught my attention? She said, happy are his servants. She said, you can tell they're not just doing what they're doing because somebody's making them do it. But they're happy to be serving in the kingdom they're serving in. I'm glad to be with some people tonight that don't feel like you have to. But you've got the spirit that says, I get to. I get to come to church. I get to clap my hands. I get to give God some praise. I get to give back to God for all that God's give to me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm thrilled to be here. I give double honor to Pastor First Lady Williams and their two fine sons, Isaac and Judah. Uh, ever singer, ever musician, ever usher, ever greeter, uh, cleaner, church worker, prayer warrior. I salute you tonight. I do. I've been doing this. I'm still a young man, but I've been doing this a long time. In fact, church is all I know, really. And, uh, I'm, I know this all don't just happen. From the sound to the lights to the media to the, all of it, it takes people giving of themselves. This church is blessed to have people willing to give of themselves. And that is because you have leaders that go above and beyond in Pastor and Sister Williams giving of themselves. And uh, I, I am proud to call Randy and Barbara Williams our friends. I'm glad to have my beautiful wife with me tonight. Been putting up with me for right at 20 years now. That is a job. <laughs> I love her very, very much. And my children, Bella Brant, Annabelle, their sidekicks, Sister Chanel and Brother Braden, young man who I'm so very proud of, Brother Clark Copeland. I love Brother Clark Copeland. Excited to be here. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house tonight. And uh, I just feel at home. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'll let you decide when I get through. <laughs> uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it like I would do it at home on Tuesday night. I'm just going to ask you to stretch your hands towards this pulpit. I'm going to stretch my hands towards you. We're going to pray God would connect us together. In the name of Jesus, God, my, my desire tonight is to feed your people. My desire tonight is to impart and give to them what you give to me. I know that in me, that is in my flesh, there is no good thing. But if you would help me tonight, I will give them what you put on my heart. Why don't everybody shout in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together one more time. Why don't you lift your voice one more time. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I'm going to preach to you tonight what I, I feel that God has put on my heart, and it may be more just talking to you and teaching to you 
out of the word of God and out of my heart and out of experience and knowing that God really is interested in helping people that is in this house tonight. In fact, uh, I had the privilege of meeting him just before service, but Brother Shelby, if God didn't give me this for nobody else, I believe God might have just given me this for you, and God's going to do something very special for you tonight. But I know that God didn't just give it to me for one person. God gave it to me for this body. And so if God would help me tonight through him, I will help you. And I just want to simply talk to you tonight out of my heart, and out of the word of the Lord from this thought. You are equipped to win the war. Would you say that with me as they put it up there? You are equipped to win the the war. If, if I was to give this a subtitle tonight, I would simply talk to you about how to live an overcoming life. How to live an overcoming life. Uh, life is a war. Uh, matter of fact, uh, this world is the arena for which the greatest war that could ever be has taken place. And that is the war being fought over where you and I will spend eternity. Life is, it's tough. It, 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 it's not easy. Matter of fact, it was the wise man, Job, who would give the insight about all mankind, he said, man that is born of a woman is but few days and full of trouble. And, and so life is, is a battlefield where battles are daily being fought. And, and, and it's, it's a war that does not cease. It does not stop as long as you and I are still this side of heaven. That's, that's what makes heaven so sweet is when this corruptible puts on incorruption and when this mortal puts on immortality, then, then we don't have to fight another battle. At that time, the war is over. But as long as we're still this side of heaven, it's day in, day out, knock down, drag out, And, and, and so, so I, I mentioned it just a little bit the other night, but one of the greatest misconceptions that people get after obeying the only plan of salvation, which is repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, which is available to anybody that's here tonight that doesn't have it, you can repent. You can get baptized in Jesus' name and you will come up speaking in tongues because it's a gift that you shall receive. You, you, you leave here tonight with the Holy Ghost if you don't have it, but one of the greatest misconceptions that people who receive the Holy Ghost uh, buy into is that somehow the Holy Ghost exempts me from life. It exempts me from the war. 
It exempts me from the trouble. All of a sudden, uh, because I went down there to that church and I listened to that preacher preach and I went and cried and snotted and wept and poured myself out on the altar and I let them take me and put a robe on me and dunk me in water calling on the name of Jesus and then I come up and I felt better than I ever had and I felt freer than I'd ever felt and I began to speak in a language that I didn't understand that I knew was God taking up residence on the inside of me. I received the Holy Ghost. Uh, one of the greatest misconceptions uh, and one of the greatest tools uh, of deception that the enemy uses uh, is when people obey the only plan of salvation uh, and they become a part of the church of the living God which is the only thing that's been predestinated uh, to have victory and win the war, they get this misconception uh, that now because I'm in the church, uh, I'm exempt from the battle. Because I'm in church, uh, I no longer have to fight the war. Uh, let me tell you, that's a lie. That, that, that's not how it is. If some charismatic cowboy told you any differently, uh, they're a false prophet. They lied to you, and I'm preaching to you the truth. Uh, because as long as you're on this side of heaven, uh, it's a war. It's a battle. Uh, but when you got the Holy Ghost, uh, you became equipped uh, to win the war. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, God gave you something uh, that the rest of the world doesn't have. Uh, and that's a foundation uh, that even the gates of hell uh, shall not prevail against. Uh, I want to preach to somebody that might be in trouble tonight. Uh, if you're in the church, uh, you're not exempt from the trouble, uh, but you're still the head uh, and not the tail. Uh, you can still be blessed coming in uh, and blessed going out. Uh, you can still be blessed in the city uh, and blessed in the field. Uh, you are equipped to win the war. I'm going to help somebody tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking to you. You, you. you can be seated for a few moments. You have to understand that when the Bible talks about the believer. Now, now I, I wouldn't intentionally offend anybody tonight. But, but what I'm preaching to is believers that have obeyed. If you're still an unbeliever that has yet to obey, you're not equipped. You're in the right place to get equipped. But power does not come to us because we simply attend church. Power does not come to us because we simply enjoy the music and we juke and jive a little bit and we jump up and down. Power comes to those uh, that have received the Holy Ghost. Uh, the equipment is handed out to them that have obeyed the gospel, uh, obeyed the plan. Uh, for you shall receive power. Uh, you shall get all that you need, all the equipment that it takes to win the war after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So, so I, I don't want to leave anybody here with a misunderstanding tonight. I'm preaching to believers that have obeyed. If you have not obeyed, I appreciate your interest. I salute you for your willingness and your trying. But to get equipped to win this war in life, you've got to obey Acts 2, 38. There's not many 
ways to get equipped. Paul said there's only one Lord. There's only one faith. There's only one baptism. Neither is there salvation. There is no other equipment station anywhere. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm trying to hurry because I got a lot of ground to cover. But I just want to tell an unbeliever tonight, uh, you don't need to leave out of here deceived. Uh, You don't need to leave out of here and be frustrated uh, because what I'm preaching didn't come true in your life. Uh, If you're not equipped, uh, you need to repent. You need to get baptized. Uh, You need to get this Holy Ghost. uh, And then you can take part in what I'm preaching about tonight. get the Holy Ghost, you're still going to have people in your life go crazy. Matter of fact, you might be that person in someone's life that's went crazy. (laughs) There's going to be times when there's not even just enough, there's going to be times there's not enough. It is appointed on the man once to die. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you don't all of a sudden get an exemption from any homegoing services in your life. People around you are still going to pass away. Cancer is still going to come. Diabetes is still going to wreak havoc in people's lives. There's going to be times it... It it, it was not you. You were trying. But there's going to be times when you still end up in the courtroom. There's going to be times when things happen that even the preacher can't give you an explanation for. And all he can tell you is we're looking through a glass darkly. But if you'll hang on, we'll understand it better by and by. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm just real talk tonight. I didn't come to give you cotton candy. I come to help you. But in spite of life, when the Bible would write about the believer, it would write things like, these are they uh, which overcome. When it would write, when when John would write, he said, I'm writing to you fathers. Uh, I'm writing to you children. Uh, I'm writing to you church uh, because you uh, have overcome uh, the evil one. Uh, He was telling the people of God, uh, I know you're still struggling to pay your bills. Uh, I know you still haven't got your healing yet. Uh, I know your marriage is still seemingly on the rocks. Uh, I know your daughter still hasn't come back uh, and your son's still acting crazy. Uh, I know that sickness uh, is still racking your body, uh, but you need to understand who you are. Uh, You're an overcomer. Uh, You are equipped uh, to win the war. Uh, You've got everything that you need uh, to not just live life, uh, but to overcome life. Uh, For Paul would say, uh, greater is he. uh, Greater is he. Uh, He would talk about, hey, I've been out to sea. Uh, I've been whipped and beat. Uh, 
I fasted just because I didn't have anything to eat. Uh, there's been times I was abounding, uh, and then there's been times that I was abasing. Uh, but in all that, this is what I've learned. Uh, greater is he uh, that's in me uh, than anything uh, that's in this world. Uh, you know what Paul was telling them? Uh, I'm more than a conqueror uh, because I have the equipment. Uh, I have what it takes. Uh, I've got what's needed uh, to win the war. And so, if you find yourself as a believer being defeated instead of overcoming, there's some things you need to understand why you may not be overcoming. Because the natural tendency of man is when I'm losing rather than winning, I want to look around for something to blame rather than take responsibility for the reason that it's not working out. I, I'm not a, uh, I used to be, uh, I, I feel like that it's idolatry. <laughs> So I don't keep up with the gods of this world any longer. But when I was a kid, even though I was taught better, I'd still, <laughs> you know. You did too. Don't look at me so holy. <laughs> and I heard Michael Jordan say one time, they told him, said, there's no I in team. He said, yeah, but there is in win. And what he was telling them is if I win, it's because I've done what I was supposed to do. But if I lose, it ain't my teammate's fault. It's my fault. And one of the greatest tools that the enemy uses to sow bitterness is when people are losing he convinces them that it's somebody else's fault. It's all right. Pastor's going to be preaching again Sunday. You'll get some good stuff. When, But tonight you just got the world has TED talk. You got real talk. <laughs> you, you look around. Your kids will start slipping. And if you're not careful, it'll be the Sunday school teacher's fault. It'll be something the youth pastor, his wife, said. It'll be how the preacher's kids thought they were better than them and didn't take time. And you've seen an IG post with everybody else's kids while yours was still stuck at home. And Just in case this ain't good enough tonight, let me take this opportunity to invite myself back. I'll get with you and set some dates after service. No, no. But I've come to remind you that if you find yourself digressing, which is a really sweet word for backsliding, because if you're losing... You're backsliding. Don't, 
don't, don't, don't sugarcoat it. Be real with yourself. And I've come to remind you that if you're losing as a believer, there's nothing wrong with the equipment because you are equipped to win the war. Matter of fact, Solomon would write in Proverbs, uh, he said, if you faint uh, in the day of adversity, uh, don't play the blame game. Uh, it's not the church. Uh, it's not the preacher. Uh, it's not the song selection. Uh, it's not the Sunday school teacher. Uh, it's not the greeter. Uh, it's not pastor that somebody up that didn't match your expectations. Uh, it's none of those things. Uh, if you faint uh, in the day of adversity, uh, it's not because of faulty equipment. Uh, it's not because somebody lied to you uh, about the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, but if you faint uh, in the day of adversity, it's because your strength, not my strength, not pastor's strength, not Sister William's strength, not Sunday school teacher so-and-so strength, not because he said, she said, they said, they done. Uh, not because they talked about me here uh, or they gossiped about. No, 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 no. As a believer, uh, you've got what it takes to overcome gossip. Uh, you've got what it takes to not become bitter. Uh, you've got what it takes uh, to not fight fire with fire, uh, but fight fire with prayer. Uh, you've got what it takes to take a licking uh, and keep on ticking. Uh, you've got what it takes uh, to be done wrong and not get bitter. You've got what it takes to stand at the head of a casket and still have peace that passeth understanding. So if you're not winning, your strength is the issue. See, see, I know I, I, I was talking to our church and 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 pastor maybe really not want me to say what I'm fixing to say. But, but I told our church, I said, you, you're waiting for things to get back to normal so that we can have revival. I said, according to the Bible, this is normal. Because Jesus said, in, I, I believe it, was the gospel of Luke, the 23rd chapter, Jesus said, there's going to be wars and commotions. See, see, you thought I was going to say wars and rumors of wars, and that comes next. But what he wanted you to understand, the wars and commotions uh, was not something happening on the outside. He was letting them know there's going to be constant turmoil a lot of times uh, on the inside. Uh, there's going to be commotions. There's going to be commotions. Uh, there's going to be times uh, when it just hadn't worked out for us to buy the building. Uh, and the enemy and the naysayer uh, wants to try to convince us that pastors made a mistake. Uh, that oh, I feel the Holy Ghost up in this house. Uh, there's going to be times uh, 
when, when wolves come in in sheep's clothing uh, and they're stirring up dissent over here uh, and they're stirring up contention over there, uh, he said, you don't need to pray in vain uh, and ask me to take away commotions uh, because when the getting ready to come back time starts to happen, uh, there's going to be commotions. Uh, hey. Let me just tell you this. The church was never created to reach perfection before it reached the world. Jesus was the pastor of the first New Testament church. And he only handpicked 12. And the word from the beginning that was made flesh that is the eternal word that I'm preaching about tonight, was that first church's pastor. And in the church that Jesus pastored, you had Thomases that were doubting. You had sons of thunder that was competing for position. You had Peter that even though he was anointed, he would rather fight than pray. You even had Judas uh, that would straight up rebel uh, and deceive uh, and ultimately betray uh, in the first church uh, that Jesus was the pastor. And you want to hold Pastor Williams uh, to a higher standard uh, than Jesus Christ? Uh, and you want to use as an excuse uh, to not win the world? Uh, well, he's letting this go on, and he's got this happening, and he's not. No, 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 no. You need to read about the 11 of them 12 that made it. Uh, for just a few chapters over, uh, it declares these are they uh, which turned the world uh, upside down. Uh, you know why? Because uh, Jesus had told us. Uh, there's going to be commotions, uh, but I'm bigger than the commotion, uh, and you're equipped to handle the commotion. If you don't mind, keep them scriptures up there. Let's roll with them. I've seen you found, and I appreciate that. Next verse, he said, there's going to be nations rise against nation. So there's going to be fighting within, and there's going to be fighting without. Now, now the fences are going to come, so, so I don't want anybody to misread what I'm preaching. There's going to be commotions that cause offenses. They're going to come, but whoa, just because it's going to be doesn't mean you want to be found guilty as the one. Woe unto them by which the offense cometh. He said there's going to be nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be earthquakes and divers places, famines, pestilence. There's going to be COVID. Just like there's going to be cancer. I don't want to meddle tonight. But hey, since I done got me a Randy Wiggins Rock Church now, Do you know, is there any honest people in the house? Let me just see your hand. How many of you honest people have a cell phone? 
How many of you honest people won't start lying right now and admit that you sent a text while you was driving sometime today? And you're going to stay out of church because of COVID? Because the fatality rate of people that text and drive are about 13 times more than people who get COVID. There's going to be pestilence. There is going to be fearful sights. I told you that we're living in normal. You'd waste your prayer about getting back to normal if you want to. But Jesus said these things are going to be. He said, but what you need to understand, I'm going to skip a few verses. Let me find it. He said, what you need to understand, verse number 13, if you'll go to it, it's going to turn to you uh, for a testimony. He said, you don't need to worry about the world. Uh, You need to worry about what you have. Uh, You are equipped uh, to win the war. Uh, You better believe that there's going to be all these things happening. Uh, You better believe there's going to be all these things taking place. Uh, You better believe there's going to be commotions and pestilence and fearful sights. Uh, But for you, uh, to them, it's going to be destruction. Uh, But for you, uh, it's going to be a testimony. Kind of sounds like Jesus uh, when he said, when you get this equipment, uh, You're going to receive power, uh, and you're going to be a testimony uh, for me. Uh, You've got what it takes. When I've went too long, y'all just let me know. Thank you. Y'all don't have to worry about it. I got my conscience here tonight. She is beautiful. And when I hit that 45-minute mark, I'm, I'm going to quit walking over here. But it's not because I don't want to preach to y'all. It's just because I'm trying to not look at her. So, so if you're not winning, are you understanding me tonight? If you're not winning, it's not the shape that our world's in. Our world's bad, but the world has been wicked since sin entered. And you'll know when the world has gotten as bad as it's ever been, because when it gets as bad as it's ever been, judgment will come. So all the naysayers that talk about why we can't have revival and why we can't do this because our world is just worse than it's ever been. No, it's not. Because in Genesis 6, the world was as bad as it's ever been. And God looked down and said, judgment's coming. The world's wicked. And you don't need to pray for it to get better. Because it's not going to get better. It's going to wax worse and worse. This, this, This ain't a popular Pentecostal message. But this is a biblical principle. That, that, that's why, y'all be seated, y'all make me feel like I got to preach and I really just need a chalkboard, I'm so simple that I can draw a stick man on. That, that, that's why, y'all, Jesus, you people on the internet, y'all don't hold me accountable for what I'm about to say. I'm preaching to the people that's here. 
But I'm so weary of people posting 2 Chronicles 7 and talking about if we'll just pray that God will heal the land. That is not what the Bible says. You may think that's what the Bible says, but you've misread other stuff in there too. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and they will turn from their wicked ways, and they will seek my face. Hold on, don't clap, because you need to hear what I'm saying. They will turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. He was talking to his people about how to get their world fixed, uh, not the world fixed. Uh, he didn't say, I'll heal the world. Uh, he said, I'll heal their land. Uh, I'll give them back uh, that which the locusts ate and that which the caterpillar destroyed uh, and that which was carried off in captivity. Uh, let me tell you, uh, prayer doesn't fix the world. Uh, prayer uh, just brings the power uh, and prosperity back to the church. Uh, you need to understand, uh, it don't matter what happens on November the 4th, uh, the church is going to be all right. Uh, it doesn't matter what the economy does. Uh, you can keep working uh, and be prosperous uh, if the whole world slips into poverty uh, because you're in this world uh, but you're not of this world uh, you're a pilgrim uh, your economy uh, is tied to a place uh, where streets are gold, uh, walls are jasper uh, cattle's on a thousand hills uh, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to hurry, and I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I preach against the spirit of fear uh, that wants to come on some single mothers in this house, uh, that you're looking around, uh, and you're more blessed than you've ever been, uh, and now you're living in fear uh, that it's all going to come apart because of what the world's doing. Uh, no, baby, uh, you just keep on praying, because uh, if you'll pray, uh, your land will be healed. Uh, your finances will be all right. Uh, your children can go to school and be okay because you've got what it takes to win the war. This will make y'all pray for the poor people of Genoa. That is all they get. So if you're not winning, you're living in fear. You're backing up instead of pressing forward. And if the pressure of what's happened the last 200 days has put such a strain on your relationship and a strain between you and your children, spirit of fear paralyzing you and terrorizing you and if you don't think that all this junk going on is spiritual the church has never been more paralyzed since Nero until now and I that, that, that's where this was birthed from I, I, I knew God spoke to me I, I was sitting in my chair Matter of fact, when I was sitting in my chair, I was sick. And God began to tell me, it, it, it doesn't matter what the world does, I'm going to bless Generette. You're going to build that new building. And 
Let me go ahead and tell you, God's got the right building. And it may be right here, it may not be right here, it may be somewhere else. But when it's time, uh, it ain't going to be up to the banker. Uh, it ain't going to matter what the stock market's doing. Uh, it ain't going to matter how big your deposits are. Uh, weary. And I felt God start dealing with me. What if I tell him, God, that it's going to work out and it don't work out? God gave me, can I talk to you just a few more minutes what God gave me? Because I know that God didn't just give it to me for Generate, God gave it to me for Fort Myers. You've got to back up to Deuteronomy, the 20th chapter. If they could put that on the screen, starting with verse 1. Israel has just been delivered out of 450 years of bondage. Somebody say, that's a long time. Yeah, that's a long time. They're sitting now. In the middle of a barren wilderness, being led by somebody that's persuaded them with promise. And Moses sits them down because he's got a word from God. And he said, listen to me, Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse number 1. When you go out to battle... Not if, not should you. He said, this is a war. And when you go out to battle, he said, there's something firstly that you need to understand. You're always going to be the minority, never the majority. Because even until right now, Brother Williams, the whole world is focused on a little area of land that's not even as big as the state of Florida. And the whole world is trying to figure out how to whoop them. But they just can't do it. And the reason is... It goes all the way back to an understanding. You're not going to win because you're many. You're going to win because I'm mighty. So you need to understand. I know the odds are stacked against you. I know the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I know what even so-called Pentecostals are declaring. He said, but when you go to war and you see all their horses and you see all their chariots and you see all the people that's more than you, he said, don't you be afraid. And this is the first thing you have to understand if you're losing he said, the reason you don't need to be afraid is because the Lord thy God is with thee that brought thee up out of Egypt. Say, 
Well, well, what does that have to do with what you're preaching, preacher? I'm glad you asked. You need to understand as a believer tonight, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how many horses and chariots and people are standing against you. The hardest thing that God will ever have to do for you, he's already done. And it's he brought you out of the world and put you into the church. He took you from lost to saved. He took you from blind to now you see. It doesn't matter what's going on in your world today. It doesn't matter what goes on in your world tomorrow. God will never have to do anything harder for you than get you out of Egypt. You need a healing. All it took was some stripes. You need your mind to get some peace. All it took was some crowns. You need some faith. You need to know for yourself. All it took was a hole in his side. But to bring you salvation, he had to give his life and shed his blood. It's all downhill from there. If God saved you, God can heal you. If God saved you, God can provide for you. If God got you out of Egypt, he can part the Red Sea. If he got you out of Egypt, he can give you water in the wilderness right out of a rock. If God brought you out of Egypt, he can rain down bread. He can send you quail. He can let you march and topple walls and giants. There's nothing in your future that will ever be harder than what got done in your past. I know some of you think you're in trouble tonight. But you need to remember what you was really like when you first come to church. You said, God, get you out of Egypt. Nothing that God can't do for you. God saved you. There's nothing that's any harder for him than that. He said, so you got to remember, firstly, you're always going to be in the minority. You've got to remember, secondly, that if God got you out, the easy part is him taking you in too. He said, but let me, let me give you a little something here. Oh, Israel, same, same wording as Deuteronomy 6 and 4. We find, and I think this third verse in this chapter. Let me see if I can find it. He said, it shall be when you come nigh unto the battle. Everybody shout the preacher. The preacher 
is who you need to let approach you. And the preacher is who you need to give your ear to. And the preacher is who you need to focus on. I'm going to tell you why way too many people are confused right now, living in fear right now, being terrorized and paralyzed. It's because they're in the battle and they've allowed competing voices into their life. If you give your voice, your ear to the voice, come here, Brother Williams, if you don't mind. If you, in the time of battle and adversity and struggle, let there be even one competing voice, then the voice of the priest that he's put in your life. Let me tell you, I am a God-called preacher. I, I don't say it arrogantly, it's just fact. I'm anointed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet because I pay the price. But in Fort Myers, I'm nothing but an invited guest. This is the voice of God for your life. A little bit careful. I've never been smart enough to be real careful. But he never has any plans to do so. Matter of fact, I believe he'll be buried right here. But should God move him and God send another pastor after his heart for you because he had other plans for Randy and Barbara Williams, he quits being that voice. And whoever steps into that office becomes that singular voice. And if it's true for what could come in the future, the same principle applies to what's been in the past. It doesn't matter who else you've ever had pastoring you. Uh, if you want to win the war, uh, you've got to silence their voice uh, and not let there be any competition uh, for the man of God in your life. Uh, because you're always going to be in the minority. Uh, there's always going to be more horses. Uh, there's always going to be more chariots. Uh, there's always going to be more people. Uh, and your battle is not won uh, because somebody has intellect. Uh, your battle is won uh, with a word to you uh, from somebody that's prayed for you. I, I, I just kind of feel to talk a little bit right here. You cannot have competing voices and win the war. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Auntie So-and-so, Grandmama, what's her name? Oh. Oh. 
said, when you go to battle, only let the priest approach you. Ah, oh Jesus, I'm not trying to meddle and I'm certainly not trying to stir up trouble. But, but me and my friends, when all this first started, not me and all my friends, but me and my, some of my friends, you know, we were having disagreements because some of them was wanting there just to be a one size fits all for every church. Somewhere they forgot that we're one body, but we're many members. And the foot ain't supposed to clap, it's supposed to stomp. And the nose isn't supposed to see, it's, it's meant to smell. The ear isn't supposed to talk. It's meant to listen. And, 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 and I, I had to go to our people because they were seeing men who they had such respect for. And the reason that they have such respect for these men is because I have such respect for some of these men. And these men are gathering large followings and, and they're trying to tell everybody how... how they feel that it needs to be done. And so because they feel it needs to be done that way, then everybody needs to do it that way. And finally, one of them and myself, we was just having a talk. And Brother Williams, I asked him, I said, how many days last year did you fast for Calvary Pentecostal Church in Generette? He said, well, none. I said, and I, I don't recommend anybody else do, doing this. It's just what's worked for me. There's a lot of times when, when I'm feeling the pressure and, and when I'm seeking direction. Uh, I, 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 I go to the church and I, I, I sleep on the floor of the church instead of sleeping in the comfort of my own home and in my own bed. And, and I said, uh, how many times... Did you come down here and spend the night at our church seeking direction for our church? I said, I know I get all your meaning well text. Hey, bro, I'm praying for you today. I said, but how many hours last year did you spend specifically praying for direction for Calvary Pentecostal Church of Generette? I appreciate him being honest. He said, none. I said, well, let me, let, let me just bring some things to your attention. I slept over 50 nights on the floor of my sanctuary trying to get direction for our people. I'm not bragging, but I've prayed thousands of hours. God, I don't know when to come in, and I don't know when to go out. And yet you've put me over such great a people. Now you've got to give me direction. I said, I'm not boasting. But I told him the number of days I had pushed back my plate. And fasted for our church. I said, so let me ask you, let me just ask you one more question. When God gets ready to direct Generat, is he going to speak to you or is he going to speak to me? He said, you got a point. Let me just go ahead and tell you, I pray for this church and my friend just in my prayers because I believe in praying for my friends. But this is the man that has prayed for direction for this church. This is the man that's prayed for words of wisdom on who your daughter should date and who your son should marry. 
this is the lady that's pushed back her plate uh, and said, God, I'm not eating uh, until you give me direction uh, because that sweet young lady's future is at stake uh, and their marriage is what the price will be paid uh, if we miss it wrong. Uh, I hadn't spent but a few hours since I've been here walking this floor, uh, but this is the man that day in and day out uh, has spent sleepless nights uh, on how to lead you. Uh, you know what I'm telling you? Uh, if you're not winning the war, uh, maybe you should get back to listening uh, to the force uh, without there being competition uh, that God's give to you. Uh, because if he tells you it's going to be all right, uh, it's going to be all right. Uh, if he tells you you're going to make it through, uh, you're going to make it through. Uh, if I'm not upset with how anybody else does it. If I've said too much, you forgive me. But I make no apologies for what I'm saying. I, I wasn't going to really get into all this, but let me just tell you. If you're going to win the war, you've got to remember you're always going to be in the minority. You got to remember that the hardest thing God's ever done for you is get you out of Egypt. And you got to remember that if I'm going to win, there can't be not one other competing voice in my life. Let me just tell you now, you, you, you got Solomon leading y'all. So he always has an answer. But you know what, Brother Williams, there's times I have people come to me and I say, let, let, let me just, let me pray about that. And I go back to them and I say, now I don't have any explanation for what I'm getting ready to tell you other than while I was praying, this is what I felt. Why in the world would you not allow that to be the most weighty word and the greatest explanation that anybody's ever give you? Is, is that, that while I was praying, I, I, I know he's a good young man. I know you see IG posts of him worshiping and he looks like the real deal and, and I'm not saying he's not. But while I was praying, I just didn't feel like he was right for you. Why? Why would you not let mom and dad that be the weightiest explanation of what God has told your children. He's not trying to control you. He's not trying to be Lord over God's house. There's no such chief dictator in the house of God. But mom, dad, I really don't know why I'm, 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 I'm I switched and I'm talking like this, but trying to help a mom and dad not lose the battle you got the equipment. You just, you need a little reminder. Somebody does in this house. 
Mom and dad, may you never forget. You're down in the city with limited vision. God put him on the wall. Y'all give me about three more minutes. I don't even know what time it is. Pray for me, I'm going to need another room tonight. <laughs> Not really. Maybe. You know what I've learned is only a few things. Zacharias was in the temple having an experience. He got lost in there. And the people who weren't in there experiencing it, they was on the outside saying, when is he ever going to come out? But when you're visiting with angels and you're standing in holy places and you're getting a word that will make you victorious, you don't say, preacher, when are you shutting up? You say, preacher, keep... Keep giving it to because because I want to win the war. I'm I'm not making an excuse for me to go longer. You'd watch the clock when I'm up here, but when your man of God takes that pulpit, there'll never be anybody able to preach to you any better, any more qualified, with any greater anointing. But since I've already said too much, I'll go ahead and tell you this. In immediately following the day of Pentecost, predating the day of Pentecost, getting out of Egypt and standing in the middle of that wilderness, God established. You can't get from Egypt through the wilderness into the promise without coming to church. He got him out of Egypt. He said, y'all want to make it through this wilderness? I told Moses to build a church. And you, you let preachers come by and preach it however they want to in the 21st century. But I didn't send a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day to lead people. I sent it to guide where my tabernacle was supposed to go. And the way that the, the, the people made it through the wilderness was they stayed connected to the tabernacle. Because I'm taking the church out of Egypt through the wilderness uh, and into the promise. Uh, so you put three on one side and three on the north uh, and three on the other side and three on the south. Uh, that way the church is always at the center of everything they do uh, because they might stay stationary uh, and all of a sudden it'd be about midnight uh, and all of a sudden Moses, uh, he just goes to church uh, and the church starts moving uh, and if they don't want to get left behind, uh, they got to stay with the church. Let me tell you, 
God bless all you online listeners. But you ain't at church tonight. You're in your living room. Or sitting around your kitchen table. Or in your recliner. This is the house of God. And God spoke. Have you ever, you quote the scripture, forsake not the what? Of yourselves what? The less so or the more so as we get closer to the end. Have you ever thought about where that scripture was written? You do know that that scripture is in the one epistles by the Hebrew to the Hebrew. You say, well, what does that have to do with anything? I'll tell you exactly what it has to do. It has everything to do with it. You're looking at a people who every tradition they had ever had is now being canceled. They can eat with Gentiles. They can cook them some bacon. You told them what I've called clean you dare call unclean he has taken it from just a nation and given the promise to the world and every custom is being challenged every feast is being canceled every tradition there's now an excuse for but he stops right in the middle of talking about there is no greater sacrifice if you continue in sin there is not another sacrifice. Uh, he's going through all these things uh, about how it's a New Testament in a better way. Uh, but he stops right in the middle of all that. Uh, and he said, but there's one thing uh, that is not going to change. Uh, and that's you can't quit coming to church. Uh, you can eat you some bacon. Uh, you can fellowship with Gentiles. Uh, you can do all that. Uh, but you got to come to church. Uh, when there's COVID, uh, you got to get to church. Uh, when there's cancer, uh, you got to get to church. Uh, when there's trouble, uh, you got to get to church. Uh, when there's hell, uh, you got to get to church. Uh, when there's division, uh, you got to get to church. You know why? Because truly, is this all right tonight? Truly, God is good to Israel to such that are of a clean heart. But as for me, My steps. They, they were almost gone. And my feet. They, they, were, they were slipping. And I knew I was equipped. He had already told me, son, I'll make your feet like hinds feet. He said, but I was listening to how the world was telling me to do it. 
And they were telling me, you're going to make a fool of yourself if you don't do it like we're telling you to do it. You're going to regret if you don't cancel church and go strictly online. Your, your people's going to question your judgment. You're going to lose the revival that you're having. Your name's going to be in the paper. The health department's going to shut you down. You can't make it unless you listen. And Brother Williams, my feet were slipping. My steps were staggering until I went into the house of the Lord. And when I got to church, when I just walked in the doors, all of a sudden, the fear had to stay outside. All of a sudden, the depression started lifting off of my weariness. All of a sudden, I got an understanding that if I'm going to get sick, what better place to get sick from than the place where I can get my healing? And if I'm going to get in trouble, what better place to get in trouble than the place where I found my deliverance? I've come to tell you, Rock Church, don't worry about what somebody else is doing. It ain't none of your business. But for you, you got to keep coming to church. You got to keep coming to church. This is where you get understanding. Oh, I, I promise I'm trying to quit. I just, I feel like I got to say a thing or two. Them same people that want to quote 2 Chronicles 7, 13, 14, whatever it is. Do you know they cherry pick one verse of scripture? Matter of fact, y'all mind if I just read it? You mind putting 2 Chronicles 7, about 12, verse 12 up there. They want to talk about all this if my people pray business. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Second Chronicles 7, maybe around verse 12. Let's, let's start there. No, verse 12. I want to back up before you. About verse 12. And the Lord. Anybody know what Solomon had just got through building? <laughs> the church. And Solomon had prayed a prayer. If you shut up heaven and there is no rain. If you send pestilence, he specifically used the word. And it devours the people. If we work and work and work and plan and sow and sow. And every time we get ready to reap, the locust or the enemy comes in. Solomon's just prayed this. I'm giving it to you in the James Wesley because my wife wants me to stop. But you can go read it in the King James when you get home. You can start in chapter 6, actually. And God speaks back to Solomon. And he said, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this As a house of sacrifice. Next verse. So if I shut up heaven and there be no rain, I've chosen this house. 
And if I command the locust to devour the land, I'll give you a house. And if I send pestilence among my people, I've chosen this house, Solomon. And if my people, which are called by my name, and this house will humble themselves and pray in this house. Say it doesn't say that, Brother Jackson. Now, give me that next verse then if you don't think it says that. For mine eyes shall be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. Give me the next verse very quickly. I could quote it, but I want them to see it. For I have chosen and sanctified this house uh, that my name be there forever uh, and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually uh, which means a covenant uh, to which there is no end. Uh, it wasn't a type. Uh, it wasn't a shadow. Uh, it was a promise uh, that if you give me a house and I put my name there, uh, if you'll just go there, uh, if you'll go to church uh, and get on your knees, uh, my eyes is open. My ear is listening. I've come to tell you, Rock Church, you got to go to church. And then this is what you're ready to do. This is where we're at. One of the most misquoted scriptures in the Bible is found in Jude. Building up your most holy faith. Isn't that what it says? Building up your most holy faith. Anybody agree with me? Isn't that what it says? Come on, quote it with me. Building up your most holy faith. Isn't that what it says? Building up your most holy faith. That's not what it says. It says building up yourself on your most holy faith. Faith cometh by hearing. You've got what it takes. But the only way to build yourself on top of what you've heard is you've got to pray until you pray in the Holy Ghost. And that's what we're going to do right now as you close your eyes and you lift your hands and you begin to lift your voice. We're going to pray until we pray through because the Word has brought faith. It's brought direction. It's brought inspiration. It's brought revelation. But the only way you can build yourself on that is you got to pray until you pray in the Holy Ghost. I've come to tell a weary warrior tonight, you've got what it takes. I've come to tell a new convert tonight, you've got what it takes. I've come to tell a backslider tonight, you're in the right place to get the right equipment back on. I've come to tell a believer tonight, you can make it. I've come to tell a visitor, this is where you can get your equipment. Come on, I need somebody to pray with me right now. I know it's been just a too long Tuesday night Bible study, but the Holy Ghost is helping people right now.
God-filled miracles in this house. Come on and sing it one time. A miracle. I've come to remind you the devil's a liar. You're equipped to win the war. I'm going to tell you two's better than one. If you're struggling a little bit, I want you to just grab the hand of somebody next to you. And God's getting ready to give you victory. Yeah. Come on, take somebody by the hand. Take somebody by the hand and pray until you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on, join up with a believer. A miracle can happen.
change breaking. I feel change breaking right now. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. 